Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hear ye, hear ye. That's right, His Excellency has spoken. Our governor, Tom Wolf, has decreed that restaurants may increase their occupancy to 50% starting September 21st. We should all be grateful that His Excellency uh, is always thinking of his subjects, and he knows that we've been suffering with 25% now for several weeks. How kind of him to tell us that we may now double the number of subjects permitted to dine inside the walls of our favorite eating establishments, assuming they haven't gone out of business, of course. Apparently, uh, no one wanted to upset His Excellency with any, you know, uncomfortable questions. For instance, how are we going to be safer 13 days from now than we would be, say, two days from now or, I don't know, 15 minutes from now? And what science is his Aunt Rachel relying on to make this decision? And by the way, in all his his generosity, His Excellency has also decreed that there will be no alcoholic beverages served after 10 o'clock. Now, that's an hour earlier than what was the decreed uh, rule several weeks ago. And uh, it came down as a decree, so there were no members of the media deemed worthy to ask questions of His Excellency. We don't know, not that they would ask him a tough one anyway, but we don't know where the science for that comes from. You know, the 10 o'clock instead of 11 o'clock. We don't know where that science comes from either, but we have to just understand that His Excellency loves each and every one of us, and he's only trying to keep us safe. And uh, as far as I know, His Excellency has not decided when 75% of the eating establishments will be allowed to be filled with his subjects. We will just have to continue to count on His Excellency's wisdom, and Aunt Rachel, of course. Meanwhile, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pittsburgh made it into President Trump's Twitter feed today. This is what he tweeted. BLM protesters horribly harass elderly Pittsburgh diners, scaring them with loud taunts while taking their food right off their plate. These anarchists, not protesters, are Biden voters, but he has no control and nothing to say. Disgraceful. Never seen anything like it. Thugs! Exclamation point. And he went on. Because of weak and pathetic Democrat leadership, this thuggery is happening in other Democrat-run cities and states. Must shut them down fast. Biden and his most liberal and Senate-running mate, Kamala, won't even talk about it. They won't even utter the words law and order. So there you go. I'm sure you've seen the video that he's talking about there, that display of uh, stupidity over the weekend. The Black Lives Matter, quote-unquote, protesters uh, jumped the shark a long time ago. Uh, but uh, getting in people's faces when they're trying to eat a meal, eh, not a real good way of getting them to sympathize with your position, I don't think. And it is really a good way for getting votes for Donald Trump, which they are doing. They not only got in people's faces at one restaurant as people were dining outside, there's also another video of them roughing up the black owner of a McDonald's franchise downtown. Apparently his life oh, and his business doesn't matter all that much. Both videos went viral. And they had to get a lot of people who were sitting on the fence. Uh, they had to, that had to make some of them, or not not some of them, a lot of them sitting on the fence to side on Donald Trump. And there's no sign that the Black Lives Matter people are going to wise up anytime soon either. Uh, the Democrats' vice presidential nominee has already said she supports them and doesn't expect them to stop. And uh, she said she's proud of Blake Jacob. That's what she said in the last couple of days. And one of these days, we can only hope. A Black Lives Matter protester is going to get in the face of the wrong person at the wrong time. And a video of him being pummeled is going to go viral. Boy, would I like to see that. I've also been wondering when a restaurant owner is going to decide to bring somebody in with a really aggressive and really pissed off German shepherd. You know, bring him in there. All you'd really need is one on a not too lengthy leash and your customers would be able to eat in peace, guaranteed. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to the Trump 2020 Communications Director, Tim Murtaugh, about this and lots of other stuff. Stick around.
Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee. Just go to mypillow.com. And save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MOVIE for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. M-O-V-I-E for 20% off. We're all thinking a lot about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Stagerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-308-6638. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-308-6638 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-308-6638 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-308-6638. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it's been four weeks uh, since we had Trump 2020 Communications Director Tim Murtaugh on the show. So little has happened since the last time he was on here. I hope we have enough to talk about. Tim, how are you doing? Doing well, John. Boy, even one afternoon is like an eternity sometimes, huh? (laughs) Wow. Uh, the latest. Well, well, let's just start with Joe Biden saying yesterday or maybe it was today. I don't know. But he never that he never called for defunding the police. This is a new one. And it's Donald Trump uh, who has been out there saying it's time to defund the police. That's what he said uh, either today or yesterday. Yeah. I mean, this is the gaslighting uh, at its really finest, John. 
of course, we know that Joe Biden is too weak to stand up to the anti-police wing of his party. And when he was asked uh, in a video conference by a Democrat activist, if we and this is a quote, can we agree at least that we would redirect funding away from police? Joe Biden said, yes. Absolutely. So Joe Biden, he, he's just been playing word games, right? So defund, redirect, cut, whatever it is. He is in bed with the rabid left wing of his party. This is the Antifa wing of his party. This is the same sort of person who is burning down cities in Portland and other cities around the country. Of course, that's who Joe Biden is aligned with. But when he's out trying to talk to, you know, more mainstream people, he has to change his tune. It's the exact same game he's trying to play with fracking. He will yep. tell environmentalists all day long that he wants to ban fracking and natural gas and other fossil fuels. And then when local media in Pennsylvania asks him about it, he says, oh, no, 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 I never said that. Yes, you did, Joe. It's in your platform. You signed a platform agreement with Bernie Sanders, and it, all can, it contains all of the Green New Deal. That's what he's running on. And then he knows that it's not going to fly in Pennsylvania in particular, but he's kind of stuck with it. Then there's this, uh, Jeffrey Goldberg's piece in The Atlantic um, claiming the president called Americans uh, killed in wars losers. Uh, if that story uh, were a boat, it would have so many holes in it, they'd, uh, I think they'd be going for the lifeboats right now, Tim. Um, yeah. Ha has it turned into a net positive already? It seems to me that it's just completely been debunked and shown as just a, a hit piece. Yeah, that story is a crock, and it always was. This is something that was already litigated and, and shot down two years ago, or immediately following that trip to Paris. The, the central allegation in the story centers around this trip to the military cemetery in Paris that was canceled. It was canceled because of bad weather, and we know that from internal emails at the White House uh, at the time, and also from documents from the U.S. Navy that were publicized by the website BuzzFeed, which is a left-leaning outlet. They're no friend of the president's. And we've now got over 20 people on the record saying it didn't happen, on the record with their names on those statements, including 13 people who were there. And one of those people, John, who was there is John Bolton who, yeah. as you know, is not a friend or a fan of the president these days and is a vocal Trump critic. He mm -hmm. says the president didn't say that, and if he had heard him say it, he would have written a whole chapter in his book about it. So we yeah, know it and, didn't happen, but what it has done is highlighted the president's real record on the military, which is restoring it to its uh, former greatness and making it the greatest in the world, the strongest it's ever been now under President Trump, and also fixing the, the super-duper scandal uh, at the VA where veterans were dying on the waiting list and dying on gurneys in the hallway, scandals that happened while Joe, Joe Biden was vice president and the decimation of the military that happened while vice Biden was vice president. That's why this comes out today, because Biden is in a free fall in the polls. They know it. This is an effort to assist Joe Biden, pure and simple, and it's all lies. Yeah, coming up in my next segment, I have Chris Bedford on uh, from The Federalist. He wrote a, a piece, just uh, the three major just tenets of journalism that were violated in the piece. He really tears it apart. We'll have that one uh, when we come back after the 5.30 break. Meanwhile, uh, still 57 days to go, Tim. Plenty of time for, uh, for more hit pieces. Uh, they're not possible without the media's cooperation. What do you have to do to be ready with a quick response? I mean, I'm sure you're, you're, you're expecting every five minutes something to come up. Yeah, and, you know, we know that they're probably going to attack the president where he is perceived to be strong, right? Well, and, and that the Atlantic piece is a perfect example of that. The president's record on the military, military spending, the strength of the, of the military, and also taking care of veterans through the VA hospital, raising military pay for those who are still currently in service. All of those things are very, very strong issue areas for the president, so that's where they attack him. So we're just, we just have to be ready and be armed with the truth. And, and we know that this is the game that the Democrats play with the media, their willing accomplice. Just look, just look what happened here on the Atlantic piece. It broke late on Thursday night. By Friday morning at 6 a.m., there was already a television ad produced with some people in there talking about the specific claims that were made in that article. By 6 yep. a.m. the next day, they had the ad already turned around, 
And they had the people from that organization booked as guests on Morning Joe on MSNBC, <laughs> right? Now, you want to tell me that that is some kind of coincidence or that anybody could actually react that quickly? You know, I think the circumstantial evidence points to the fact that everybody knew it was coming, they were all on the same page, and they were ready to go. So, And, and we expect that will happen again. I think the reason they did it so early is because that they knew the president had built up so much tremendous momentum, and they had to do something to try to save Joe Biden, or it was quickly going to get away from him. And uh, so, you know, we expect more, of course, as time goes on. There's, you said 57 days. Our clock here says 55. Uh, don't, add, don't add a couple of days on there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm not good with the calendar here. Is it 55? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's the way we count good. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not, not that you're counting, I know. but um, Yeah. So uh, Pittsburgh uh, made the president's Twitter feed today, uh, protesters harassing people trying to eat. Uh, I just did in my open. I, I mentioned that they 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 get dumber by the day. Uh, this these are these are I look at them as instant ads for the Trump campaign. It's just and it just goes on and on. Yeah, it really hasn't stopped. And if you look at what's happening there in Pittsburgh, what the president highlighted, and whether it's in Portland or Minneapolis or St. Louis or Louisville or Chicago or anywhere that this has happened, these are these people understand. I think most people understand these are these are people who sympathize with Joe Biden. These are not Donald Trump supporters who do that. Donald Trump supporters are not lighting buildings on fire in Portland. And if you look at what Joe Biden did all this time, he kept repeatedly repeatedly referring to the rioters as peaceful protesters. When Americans can see that they're setting buildings on fire and they're hurting people and burning down businesses in minority communities, he called them peaceful protesters. And at the same time, he blamed the police for instigating this. And you know, this is also an economic argument. How can people return to peace and prosperity in these places when their businesses are being burned down, their life's work going up in flames? So I think, you know, I don't know why Joe Biden won't call them out for what they are. They're left-wing rioters. They are people aligned with his campaign and the anti-police wing of his party. And it's because he's too weak to stand up to them. And that's, that's really what this ex- exposes. You know, if you get the governor of Wisconsin agree with the president and call in the National Guard and accept federal help with law enforcement, and guess what? The riot stopped. In Portland, that mayor out there, Ted Wheeler, is vying for the title of most useless mayor in America. He would rather stick his finger in President Trump's eye than help his own people and accept the help, right? He won't do that. Yeah. And he's, guess who he's endorsed? Joe Biden. Guess who That's else? This is rich, John. Part of uh, Joe Biden's uh, law enforcement for Biden, roll out his endorsements. Guess who was in there? The DA from Portland, who has said that he refuses to charge the rioters with any crimes, and the mayor of Seattle... Jenny Durkin, who <laughs> completely withdrew the police and surrendered part of her city. That's his law enforcement coalition. Yeah, and um, and, and just here as a note, note uh, locally, Tim, and we're talking to Tim Murtaugh. He's the uh, Trump 2020 communications director. Um, that people uh, forget about the fact that some, some places have either been burned out of business or just gone out of business because of the stupid lockdowns we've been uh, dealt um, there are people now, they see these videos, and they're not, they don't want to go downtown. You see all over Twitter, you see people saying, why, why would I want to go downtown? Why, why, why yeah. am I going to put up with that? And, and the, and the uh, local government just lets it go on. Yeah, and that, you know, and that is not a good message to, to people who care about living in a law-abiding society or, or working people because it affects people's ability to, to make a living as well. But I'll tell you what proves that President Trump cares about uh, this issue and cares about the working people of Pittsburgh and, and the western PA and uh, eastern Ohio uh, and even into West Virginia, this, that region, is the, the Boilermakers Local 154 out of Pittsburgh, John, endorsed President Trump, which is a really big deal. Uh, they represent uh, about 2,000 folks and it i think it's a, it's a crack in the dam of joe mm-hmm. biden who's uh, you know thinks that he's got a lock on union workers votes and we know that's not true that the president does very very well with the rank and file union workers all across the country but in western pa especially and now to have actually the, the boilermakers want local 154 endorse the president is a great first step i, I think you're going to start to see uh, a lot more support among labor unions as we move forward over the last 
uh, two months or so of this campaign. Really great, and we very much appreciate uh, it. It's really brave, actually, for the union to come out and endorse uh, Donald Trump because, you know, there was a lot of pressure from Democrats for them not to do so. And uh, we very, very much appreciate it because they know President Trump has their backs. He's great on energy issues will expand America's energy independence and all of the jobs that uh, rely on that. The Boilermakers make so much equipment associated with the energy issue, and it's Donald Trump all the way on those issues. Yeah, and I've lived here all my life, Tim, and uh, unions just don't, just don't endorse Republicans in, in Pittsburgh and western Pennsylvania. It doesn't happen. So it's been happening with Donald Trump. Um, now, yeah, it's a big to, deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, I, I want to mention, too, I don't know if you, you might not have heard this yet, uh, this is because I just saw this a little while ago. The police chief in Rochester resigned today uh, because of a lack of support from the mayor. They've had demonstrations up there. There's some videos of people har- being harassed in restaurants there. Now, everybody knows New York City's a mess, and nobody was worse on the pandemic than uh, Governor Cuomo. Would you, are you guys even maybe slightly considering that New York could be in play? Well, the president likes to think so. And, you know, from the campaign's perspective, uh, of course, we you know we're an extension of him. So if he thinks it, that's that's what we think, too. But, yeah. you know, New York, New York is it would be a tough nut to crack. That's for sure. You know, Manhattan, the, the, where the president spends so much time and he's from Queens, uh, yeah. that winning the vote in New York is, is kind of tough for a Republican. But um, I think in upstate New York and some of the more rural parts and some of those congressional districts, the president's going to run strong. So we'll see. We'll see. He's getting a lot of support. He got he got endorsed by the New York City Police Benevolent Association. Yeah. Well, that's a yeah. big deal. And he's gotten all of the police endorsements, all the National Association of Police Organizations, the FOP. Uh, IUPA is another one, another uh, union representing the cops. And uh, he's got all those. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has the DA of Portland who won't charge anybody with a crime in the riots and the Seattle mayor who withdrew her police and surrendered part of her city. That, that's Joe Biden's law enforcement support. I like, I like the ones who are lining up with the president a little bit better. Uh, the media have been re- forced to report that the poll numbers are tightening. What are your polls telling you? Well, internally, we're, we're feeling really good. Uh, we've been tracking 17 states the whole time, Pennsylvania included. And everywhere that we track, the president is either tied or ahead. And these are the states that are going to decide who the next president of the United States is. And uh, our campaign manager, uh, Bill Stepien, um, lifted the veil a little bit uh, on just uh, one state that we're interested in that Hillary Clinton won last time. So this is where we're playing on Joe Biden's turf. In Nevada, uh, Bill Bill revealed today that uh, we're ahead by two in a state that mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton won. Um, so if that's any indication, um, we feel really good about where the president is right now, and, and we have 100% confidence that if the election were held today, the president would be reelected. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most likely, I have about two minutes left here, um, what would you say the chances are of Joe Biden showing up for three debates? Well, you know, I'd, I'd, for all three debates, I, I would put that yeah. at 50%. Yeah, that's 50, why I made it tougher by whatever, making yeah. all three. I don't know, five or below. But he, oh, here's really? the deal. They don't, they, don't want him, they don't want him to show up to debates, not because he's a bad debater, because he's actually quite good. They don't want him to show up for debates because he can't defend this crazy platform of raising taxes by $4 trillion and open borders, not enforcing our immigration policy, giving free health care to illegal aliens and work permits plus the Green New Deal and crushing 10 million jobs that way. He can't defend that. But remember, you know, he came through about a dozen Democrat debates during the primaries, and he's been in Washington for 47 years. Here's a guy who can debate. He knows how to do it. And, you know, we've seen there's two Joe Bidens. There's like the befuddled Joe Biden, and then there's the Joe Biden who can turn it on when he has to. And that's who we anticipate that we'll see at a debate if he shows up, is the guy who knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for almost five decades. You know, he's, he's actually pretty good at it, and that's what we're going to prepare for. Well, I, I'm out of time, but I just, I just know this, that if they, uh, they use a teleprompter, it's not going to help them. No, no he's not too good at that. We've seen evidence of that, that's for sure. Hey, Tim, see you in two weeks. Thanks. You bet, John. Thank you. All right, Tim Murtaugh, Trump campaign. We'll be right back.
president of a ban on offshore drilling in Florida, speaking beside the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse. Mr. Trump says he's extending and expanding a ban on new offshore With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump has announced an expansion of a ban on offshore drilling in Florida, speaking beside the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse. Mr. Trump says he's extending and expanding a ban on new offshore drilling sites off the Florida coast as well as Georgia and South Carolina. The existing moratorium covers the Gulf of Mexico, and the president says the new one will also cover the Atlantic coast, a significant political concern in coastal states like Florida. Israel and the United Arab Emirates will sign their historic deal normalizing relations at a White House ceremony on September 15th. Helicopters continue to rescue people from California wildfires. The state already setting a record with 2 million acres burned. Big tech stocks slumped again on Wall Street. The Dow was off 632 points today. The Nasdaq down 465. This is SRN News. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. Dan Proft tries to wrap his head around riots and looting. You tell me that somebody got the right to tear down property that American taxpayers paid for and somebody has the right to destroy it, deface it, and tear it down? What kind of people have we become? What kind of people have we become? That's an operative question going into full-fledged election season, isn't it? The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, The World After Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and Eric Metaxas. Watch Trump 2024, The World After Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Watch now at SalemNow.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now, when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Traffic is heavy right now on the Parkway East outbound Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway East inbound heavy. This is from Forest Hills into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And also still watching the Fort Pitt Bridge ramp to Liberty Avenue. It remains closed. This is from an earlier accident with a downed utility pole and fluids on the roadway. That's a look at traffic. I'm Meg Nabelli. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. Tonight we'll see patchy clouds. Expect a low tonight of 62. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny, very warm and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Mostly clear skies expected for tomorrow night with a low of 64. Thursday will have periods of clouds and sunshine on tap with a high Thursday of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Last week, Jeffrey Goldberg at The Atlantic broke a story about Donald Trump disrespecting America's war dead by refusing to go to a cemetery in France, uh, according to the story, uh, because the rain might mess up his hair. And then he uh, said he called the men uh, buried there losers. The story's been shot full of holes. Uh, Chris Bedford is a senior editor at The Federalist and vice chairman of Young Americans for Freedom. He's also a board member at the National Journalism Center. He joins us now. Chris, thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. So uh, your piece at The Federalist today uh, shows that Goldberg did a great job of showing everybody how not to do journalism. Was it about as uh, bad as it gets? It, it was up there. It was certainly up there, and it leads to it's these kind of mistakes that he's making, which he knows better than. So it's not mistakes. It's it's journalistic mm-hmm. standards he's ignoring. These kind of standards he's ignoring is what leads to a complete breakdown in trust between the readers and the viewers and the and the reporters that that say that their 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 trust should be deserved and it should be simply given to them. I'm happy to go through some of the breakdown if you'd like. Sure. I, I'm just going to say that that um, it's one thing for some um, un, non uh, some some um, outlet that hasn't uh, gained any respect over the years or not a major outlet to commit journalistic fraud, but the Atlantic has a reputation, at least it used to. That so to see this in a in a, a publication like that, and and as you said, knowing that it, that isn't a mistake made by a 21 year old intern. It's a guy. He's an editor. Yeah, exactly. He's the editor-in-chief. So one of the major mistakes that he made here is, is with sourcing. Uh, the, mm-hmm. we, there are multiple primary, primary docu- documents, a FOIA document, a Freedom of Information Act document, as well as primary witnesses, people who are in the room, some of whom do no longer like President Donald Trump, like John Bolton and mm-hmm. General John Kelly, who were actual witnesses to this. John Bolton wrote in his book about this incident and detailed it uh, greatly. The FOIA report that was sent out by skeptical journalists afterwards showed that John Bolton's story about the cancellation of Baylor Woods, which said that the weather weather and the dangers of of driving 90 minutes with security detail in a foreign country when it wasn't prepared, combined to have to cancel that trip. None of that is mentioned at all in Jeffrey Goldberg's story, which relies entirely on, quote, firsthand, uh, on firsthand knowledge of this meeting, which means people who weren't in the room. It's a clever way of disguising people who weren't in the room. Now, how do those people have firsthand knowledge? They could have all heard it from the same person. They were not exactly sure. We can't confirm it. The reader has to entirely trust Goldberg on that. And then finally, or secondly, off of this, these sources were clearly political at least the ones that talked to talked to the Atlantic. They had an attack ad ready to go that was made mm-hmm. in an unbelievably record time to attack the president based on the news story they broke. And as soon as this broke at the Atlantic, they got in contact with a huge number of reporters around Washington, D.C. to quote-unquote confirm the story. But you can't confirm a story that's based on gossip. All they could do was actually repeat it. But it's led to this this circular firing squad this or this this movement forward despite the fact that over and over again the people who've actually were there john kelly's uh right-hand woman john bolton the ambassador to france have come out and said this this is not true at all and it's not remotely true and and um the reports today are that goldberg is is backing off of it a little bit he's admitted so far at least to cnn that it may that that may all be true what John Bolton has said about the weather being the cause of cancellation, but he was still standing by his report even with that. Although I admit he he appeared so shaky in his interview on CNN 
and actually I did grill him a little bit. But I went back and watched some old videos of him and interviews with him, and he, he's not great on television, but he was particularly shaky on this. He claimed he stood by the story, which is ridiculous, because the story's entire lead is based on, by his now admission, a false statement that the that the the event was canceled by the president because he didn't want to mess up his hair in the rain and because he had no respect for America's honored dead. If he'd done a little more research, he would have found out that on that very trip to France, which was largely planned around, or at least about half of the point of the trip, to honor America's war dead, during that trip, President Trump stood in the rain with his hair to honor America's dead at a different cemetery. The next day, yeah, yeah. And and you you mentioned uh, uh, the uh, the pe- the people have to trust Goldberg on this, and this is another another thing that is uh, so strange about this to me, is that this is a this is a guy for whether justified or not he has um, uh, maintained some trust or acquired trust from readers and and he has a reputation of being a reputable journalist I think and so does the the Atlantic. Uh, and I know I'm going to get to you in a minute about another uh, thing that you caught them on a while back. But uh, when when you know that people trust you, that you become more inclined to just throw out anonymous sources with the attitude like, well, I'm I'm Jeffrey Goldberg. Don't believe me. That's exactly true. And that's that's spending your currency. A, a reporter is really only currency with their readership is trust. That's why anonymous sources have traditionally been something that's very rarely given. A source has to convince that reporter and their editors that there is a serious risk of actual serious professional or personal harm, financial harm to that person if they come forward and say these things without without being hidden and also convince the editors and reporters that this story is worthwhile reporting and is believable in the first place to justify that trade-off. When he was asked on why he kept his sources anonymous, he said on CNN that he didn't want them to be harassed and said that on you Twitter. know how that must be like to be attacked on Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's not a very good reason no. uh, at all to hide these sources. And, it, and when, when you do that, readerships ha- the readers have to rely on if they can trust you the, the mm-hmm. magazine and your editors to, in order to get this across. And they can say, well, I know your processes are good. It doesn't seem like his processes were. And um, sometimes anonymous sources, as you said, they are justified. But I, I seem to remember there was a time when, and yeah, I, even when I was covering sports full-time, uh, you know, the beat writers, th- their editor wouldn't let them write a story uh, with only one source. And that would be an identified source. They'd need more than one source. Now you can do multiple anonymous sources that if, I mean, uh, what's the difference between two or ten if they're all anonymous? That's exactly true. And and these folks have made it fairly clear that it was a political hit or they've, they've shown their hand on that. Um, if this had, this store kind of story would not have been allowed to be published by our investigative unit. When I was at the Daily Caller uh, News Foundation, for example, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be published now at the Federalist or any other place that I've been. Now, part of that reason is we have to be, we have to adhere to those standards rigorously, vigorously, because if you're a center-right outlet, you'll be ignored, you'll be pushed aside, and anything that can be possibly done to take apart your story will be done. So you have to be ironclad with any kind of accusation, especially one of so, so, so high importance as any journalist ought to be. But in the left-wing media, more and more and more, you don't need to do that. You'll have your friends take care of you. They'll protect your reputation even when you make a mistake. They'll, they'll repeat what you say even when you make a mistake. And it all feeds into their confirmation bias. It, it feeds into their, their kind of dumbed down and incorrect stereotype of what kind of person Donald Trump is. They're, they're too prone to believe it and to just repeat it unquestioningly. And it hurts all of their credibility. Yeah, you mentioned that in your piece. Uh, explain again what, what what is confirmation bias, which you found a lot of in this piece, and you see a lot of places. That's when you see something that's going on, and it fits into your worldview, so you're more likely to believe it. Now, maybe if you are somebody who is a Black Lives, if you're a Black Lives Matter protester or, or more of a left wing editor, like we have at the Atlantic. You hear a story about police officers gunning down 
kids over sign-and-sheet fights at, at community rec centers, as the Atlantic published, you might mm-hmm. be more inclined to believe that if you actually believe that the police are hunting down young black men and women to kill them. If you don't, if you think that's exaggerated or that's a myth, if you think that this is a, a statistic that's really been taken out of context, then you would stop and say, hold on a second, why haven't I heard of this? It's often true in politics, too. People are just, they're more willing to believe things that fit into their worldview, and it can be really dangerous in journalism. You have to, you have to be particularly skeptical of, of stories that you like, as they as they say, sometimes it seems like a story is too good to not to ask any questions, and that's when you really need to ask the questions. And uh, that's what I wanted to get to. You exposed a, a bogus story in The Atlantic a few weeks ago and called them on it. What was the story, and did they ever admit it was a phony? Eventually, after massive pressure from us and that and, and such ironclad reporting or careful reporting as we had to do, that some of their normal friends began to say, why aren't you responding to this? You should mm-hmm. at least come out with a denial or fight back, but there's nothing right now. So they did eventually correct it. And the story was, a, was an anti-police activist, Derricka Purnell, who wrote about witnessing that shooting I just mentioned of a child in a recreation center by a police officer, the crime being skipping the basketball sign-in sheet, and that the police officer was not held accountable. The problem is she gave us enough information to be able to find out where she was talking about. I've tracked it down. It wasn't in the newspapers. No editor at the Atlantic even said, can you produce a newspaper clipping? You don't have to, you don't have to spend hours if you're an editor. You can rely on other good reporting. Say, find me that newspaper, show it to me, and then we can print this. They didn't even do that. It turned out eventually that the years were wrong in which she said it happened. The person who was shot was an adult, a young adult, but an adult, 18 years old. The person who shot them was a friend of theirs, one of their best friends. It was a domestic dispute between the two of them, and he was a security guard, which is why he had a handgun. He was actually arrested by police. He wasn't a police officer. He was fired, and he was charged. None of, so none of her story was actually true, and they hadn't done the fact-checking to, to figure that out. So they printed it, caused a big storm about it, and then they didn't, as opposed to correcting it, they clarified it. They gave it an update, and they said it didn't disprove their defund the police. Yeah. They just expanded defund the police to include defunding private security firms as well. Amazing. We're talking to Chris Bedford. He's a senior editor at The Federalist. Uh, he's also a board member at the National Journalism Center. And he's the author of the book, by the way, The Art of the Donald. Um, so has the media's... Um, Hatred for Trump and the people who voted for him made it impossible to show the proper restraint anymore. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to believe what they'd be willing to um, to spit back out stuff that they the information that they get without even checking it out. There are still a few good reporters out there who stick to these things, but the problem for a lot of people is that. There's a, not only a huge amount of forgiveness for playing quick with the facts and tweeting as quickly as you can and running the most sensational story, you get into, you get a real reward for it. You get clicks. You get CNN mm-hmm. and MSNBC, and everyone will cover you all day. You'll get fawning coverage. There are there are reporters who won Pulitzer prizes for their reporting on the Russian scandal, which turned out to be false. <laughs> yeah. Those prizes were never taken back. So there's no consequences, unendingly no consequences, and there are tons of rewards for breaking your standards. The only thing that you end up losing in the end of the day, though, is you have a lower approval rating than almost anyone in the country, and more and more people don't trust you. No, they're not going to either. And back to the uh, to the Goldberg story. I forgot to ask you about this. I wanted to ask um, because it was, uh, as you said, some other people in the media uh, jumped on the story and ran with it too, as if it were a hundred percent verified. What about Jennifer Griffin at Fox of all places, uh, 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 saying that she confirmed the story? How did she confirm it the re- same way the other people did? Exactly. A lot of the people who used the word confirmation used it in a way where, if the average reader or you or I were hear that, that they would say you confirmed it. So you you found out it was true. But in fact when all they confirmed was finding out that those sources did indeed exist, that there were anonymous people who said that they'd heard that this happened at that meeting. 
That's simply repeating gossip. In order to, and that's not confirmation. If you hear something as a reporter via gossip, you have the opportunity to follow that lead down until you get an actually primary document, people who are in the room, or documents or emails that show what happened. Without that, you don't have a story. You just have a lead. To all these people saying confirmation, what they actually mean is repetition. And it's, and it's just another example of the breakdown in our standards that has been allowed broadly across the news media. She, i got to finish up here uh, with Chris Bedford, but uh, she said her source was unimpeachable. Can a writer expect people to accept an anonymous source as unimpeachable? Can, is, it, is that possible? No, not in today's environment. That's the first Maybe thing I thought of when day, she said that. Maybe one day long ago when reporters and the media institutions they work for had greater public trust, they could pull something like that off. But after four years of unrelenting anonymous sources and stories being quietly retracted and proven out to be false, I don't think the media has the credibility to do anything like that. I don't think they have a lot of credibility for much at all. So, uh, hey, Chris, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on the show. Appreciate you coming on. Great piece at thefederalist.com. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. What happened to Carter Page should never happen to another American again. Page was a model citizen, a Naval Academy graduate, a successful businessman, and a cooperative source for U.S. intelligence services. But when Page became a supporter of Donald Trump, the FBI targeted him, spied on him, and persecuted him in a phony investigation. Now Carter Page is telling his story. In his compelling new book, Abuse and Power, Carter Page gives us the shocking details of being targeted by the Obama administration Justice Department, how he was kept under surveillance, and then finally vindicated. Abuse and Power by Carter Page is the story of a private citizen caught up in a politically motivated spying operation intended to frame him. The Democratic Party, the mainstream media, and their allies in the Justice Department and intelligence services lied and perverted justice in order to destroy a duly elected president. Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President, is the new book by Carter Page. Available now at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Steigerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health related. Anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out of pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. The home of the brave and the land of the free. This means more to us today than it ever has. And with this pandemic, our military families are sacrificing in many ways most of us can't imagine. All to ensure safety for us and our families for generations to come. Well, Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son owners of Relief Factor, have shown they love our military families too. By starting Honor Bound Coffee, they've committed 100% of the profits to support and serve well-deserving military families. Honor Bound Coffee is a premium coffee at about 40% less than and other premium coffees and it's roasted to order and shipped nearly immediately right to your door month after month with a 100% no hassle cancellation policy to get started Pete and Seth know you'll love it so they're offering 50% off your first order that's right 50% off your first order with 100% of the profits going to serve and support military families like through the Semper Five Fund premier coffee with a purpose only at honorboundcoffee.com honorboundcoffee.com At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. 
That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Just following up on what uh, Chris Bradford was talking about uh, today on uh, Good Morning America, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was on to promote her book. You know, w- when someone comes on with a book to trash Donald Trump, uh, people like George Stephanopoulos, who's the equivalent of having, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Carl Rove being, let's uh, say, NBC's or say, let me say Fox, uh, having, having Carl Rove as their major political anchor and correspondent and person to question other Democ- other other political figures. Just imagine uh, um, him being in there, Carl Rove, to interview, say, uh, Joe Biden or someone who wrote a book about Joe Biden. But that's what George Stephanopoulos does every day. So she comes in to promote her book. And this is what he says to her. Um, Your book comes out the same day as Michael Cohen. Of course, he's the president's former lawyer. Comes out with a very different book, blasting the president, calling him a racist, a liar, saying he's willing to manipulate the ballots in order to win the election. It follows the books of John Bolton, the national security advisor, who called him a danger to the republic, and comments from James Mattis, the former Pentagon secretary, Rex Tillerson, secretary of state, all highly critical. How do you explain why they have such a different take on the president from the take you have. And Sanders answers, well, I think it's really simple. I think mine is actually the honest account. If you're looking at people who have left as, left as disgruntled employees, people who tried to push their own agenda, let's remember only two people were elected in 2016. Uh, and that's, um, that's, that's what the, the difference in the media. This is George Stephanopoulos. He is Bill Clinton's former, uh, what is, was he, the chief of staff, um, and he's in there interviewing somebody about a book about about the president, and he's, you're expecting to get an unbiased interview. It's ridiculous. That's what you're dealing with, and only 55 more days to go. And then, who knows after that? I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.